Welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. And uh, boys, it's a little, little bit of a come down this week to be back in our, our own respective studios uh, after the magic that took place last week mm. um, with, with Pipe and I in the same room. And mm. Big R, that just made me uh, hungrier for a little live in, uh, live in Ashland experience, baby. No, I know. And I think, uh, you know, I think we're getting closer, right? We can, you know, make the announcement and uh, start, uh, you know, get everybody over to Ticketmaster to reserve yeah. their, their seats. Absolutely, man. We're in talks. I mean, we're all in talks with our various people, but uh, it's complex. You got to tell everybody that you got to tell everybody that this is complex. Baby, listen, this is very complex in the entertainment business. I don't want to I don't want to bog people down with the minutia and the details of of what we're through, Um, you know, as talent, as as on air talent. And uh, boys, I got to tell you today, um, I'm playing hurt in that uh, I actually like George Bailey in It's a Wonderful Life, um, which is a movie that I hate. Um, I, I have a punctured eardrum. So what? just one yeah. more reason to hate that movie, really. I know, I know. So I'm I'm doing radio injured today, man. I'm doing What does it that even me. mean, Big T? I don't even know. I mean how what how did that happen? Baby, it's really painful, man. So I had a uh I had like an ear infection, right? Which is the official malady of of like toddlerhood. And um yeah, I went went to the doc a couple of times, man. Got a couple of rounds of antibiotics. It didn't uh, it didn't knock it out. And then, wow. yeah, like I, I went in uh, yesterday, and the guy's like, "Yeah, you got a ruptured eardrum." So, oh uh, man, well I'll tell you what, T. Let's just let's just call the program right now. Rachel the Held Evans and uh, you baby, get back. I'm a pro. I've never missed a program. I'm I'm kind of like the Cal Ripken of this thing, man. I thought you were going to say the Calvinists of this thing. That's what it felt like at first. When you you said those first three letters, that's where I thought you were going with that. I'm not going to lie to you about that right now. Dude, anytime those three letters come together, it's it's just it's one thing in your minds, baby. And that's that's why you're the that's why you're the shining light of this program for uh, for for having any kind of a future with GCO or T4G. I'm curious what the correlation between uh, ruptured eardrum and Calvinism is. I mean, is it like a. Uh, something about suffering? Is it something about ears to hear? Like, where, which way are we going? Oh, this, yeah. Right? I mean, it just, uh, I Dude, mean, I'm going ears to hear. I've got before, to, yeah, before, cr- before Christ <laughs> invades and opens up our ears to hear the gospel, or we Ted's all case, have ruptured ear. eardrums. In yes. Ted's case, his ear to hear. Good. Yeah, his, exactly. Yeah. I mean, let's, yeah, not, let's not take that lightly or for granted. I mean, let's get a little theology in this gig today. You know, absolutely. I mean, if we were a reformed pub, we would have already fleshed out exactly like, you know, the implications of that for the next 25 and, minutes. And in the wake know, of but, Thanksgiving, Ted has never been more thankful for his one good ear because he just realizes how, how easy it is to lose the privilege of hearing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so much to be thankful for. Yeah. And I you know what, Ted, let me add to that. You know, if I'm this bright shining hope for TGC and T4G, that mm-hmm. probably means that I will remain the unshining hope for FTC, for the church. You know? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We, Wait, what's we, FTC? That's for the church. It's uh, it's the the one that we talked about last week. Oh, that's uh, right. That's the, uh, what's his name's brand, right? Yeah, that's Jared. at Jared Wilson. Yeah. Oh, at Jared Wilson's yeah, brand. So we yeah. had a listener who who recommended Ronnie to Jared via Twitter and mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, he was like, "Hey, this came up on the podcast." And Jared gave what I would consider to be a um a lukewarm professional response. response. Yeah, yes. I mean it was it was lukewarm profession it was professionally lukewarm. Sort of a we'll take that under advisement sort of Sort of uh, oh, yeah. look at so things. a blow off. 
Yeah. Well, he uh, he also said he's not responsible for picking the speakers, which may be technically true, but it also my guess is if he was to say recommend a speaker, it, mm. his recommendation may carry a little bit of weight. So, uh, yeah, it was a professional blow off. Dude, was mm. it like a funny blow off? Was it like a like a ha ha like we're. We're, we're both like buds here. Was it just a form letter kind of? Well, um, he, he did like an emoji smiley face at the end. So does yeah, that no, make, it, make it nice? That was nice. Yeah, it was civil. It was beautiful. It was, it was, yeah, it it was, was literally, it was, it was the softest. Yeah, it was the softest refute I've ever received. It was, it was, it was amazing. You guys listen to me. <laughs> speaking of interaction, loved. speaking of interaction with listeners, um, I shared something last week uh, that was real. Um, that was that was difficult for me emotionally about my hair um, and just kind of the journey that I'm that I'm on with my with my hair. And I have to tell you guys, uh, again, I'm not on social media, but people have found me um, the outpouring of love that I've received from listeners, uh, the encouragement to 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 be steadfast with my long hair, um, to stick with it, even in the hard times uh, has been nothing short of just miraculous in my life. So I want to let you guys know that, um, you know, this, this show isn't just about giving. Um, sometimes I take, you know what I mean? And, uh, I, I feel like I've taken a lot this week. So listeners, thank you, uh, for all the hair related encouragement. I don't think you've taken, I think you've received. Mm, there you you've go. Rece- yeah. Taking sounds kind of mercenary. And this is clearly more like, more like receiving a gift from our, our wonderful listeners who, who lifted you up in that way. And you know what? To to echo to echo pipe a little bit, Big T. Don't don't say hair. Say locks. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Let's let's give it the let's give it the dignity it deserves. That, Shall they, we? I couldn't agree more. And you know what? Can I can I read you a an excerpt of an email from a listener? This is about Absolutely. locks. Uh, he said this: between your locks and your love of football, I assumed you were Tim Riggins. Certainly worth considering when you contemplate a haircut. And then he said, clear eyes, long hair, can't lose. Tim Riggins, of course, was the yeah, – Educate uh, me, Big G. He was the long-haired heartthrob at Big R on oh. the, uh, the, hit, the hit television show Friday Night Lights. Ronnie, you love sports movies. Like you're not a sports guy. But if you love sports movies, this is like six seasons of sports movie perfection. Yeah, but it's like um, it's Texas, though, and I don't really like Texas, and it's high school, and I don't really understand high school sports. But it's, so it's I, but it's kind babe, you're of, overthinking it's, it. It's high school yep. as played by like twenty eight year olds. So right, so right. it it doesn't in any way resemble any real high school, and it's I, I'm fairly certain you would enjoy it, Piper. You know what's weird, man? I've had I'm not lying right now, man. I'm not just saying it because you just said it because Ted just said it and you're on the heels of Ted and I'm just trying to make really like witty conversation right now. But I've had at least I'm saying like no exaggeration, like five or six people like shocked that I that I never got into Friday Night Lights. I'm not shocked that you didn't. I'm just recommending that you try it. Because All right. I mean, like, I wouldn't have expected you to gravitate towards it because it's yeah. When you when when something is pitched as high school football, it doesn't you know. I wouldn't put that and Ronnie Martin in the same category of of enjoyment. But I I genuinely think you would like it. So this could be like a future binge watch for me. Do you think if I binge watch Friday Night Lights, I will start like maniacally like tweeting sports tweets like at Jared W. Wilson? <laughs> I mean, is that? Is that I possible? Know. I would be I more know. interested in, in any take you have on it that have nothing to do with football because uh, I, I I suspect your uh, your take on various characters and their interpersonal interactions would be really uh, enjoyable. 
All right, well, boys, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll start checking it out, and then I'll report on the rant some of my findings. How about that? That's great. Baby, can I Perfect. ask you a conceptual question as we, yeah, we kind of I mean, ease you into Friday Night Lights? And it has to do with just the concept of high school football. Now, paint, paint a picture for me, Big R. Let's turn back the clock. Let's go back to uh, the 90s when we were all in high school. Um, I know what I was doing on Friday nights in the fall uh, in that I was on the field. Pipe, you were probably on the field, too. I was. Um, I want to know in that scenario, where was Big R? What was Big R doing? Um, were, were you even in the stadium at all? Were you at the football game on Friday night or were you somewhere else? Guys, this is this is going to sound super weird to you guys. I, I was oh. at, no, 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 no. I was I was at a Christian school, so they didn't believe in football. They didn't I have teams. You, yeah, yeah, but. Yeah. They had other kinds of sports teams, but you know what? It didn't even matter because I actually raced. I raced motorcycles when I was in high school, so I was at the track you on were at Friday the track night. On Friday nights. Yeah, nice. I was at the track with my pops and my brother, and I was racing my dirt bike. That's what I did on Friday nights. This was, okay. and that was like the era of the rise of extreme sports, like when the X Games were sort of just taking off. So you were, you were sort of like. No, this was way before that pipe. Way, way before that. No, yeah. you can't. Unless you're 20 years older than me, that can't be true. Because the X Games well, no, started no, to the, take off in like the early 90s. Well, I mean, it really hit like in the 2000s. But yeah, but this is, wasn't extreme sports. This was just like regular garden variety, like you motocross. No, I know what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. yeah. The Anna kids did that too. That, that, there was a big like kind of dirt bike subculture where I, where I grew up. Too. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I was doing. And when I wasn't doing that, you know what I was doing? I was under the bright lights of Friday night youth group at my church. Mm-hmm. Wait, you're that's what a youth was. group on Friday night. Were they trying to protect you from the, the evil culture out there? Oh, uh, they were trying to protect us from Friday night lights is what exactly, they were trying man. to protect us from. Yeah. They didn't want us at those football games. That's right. You know what I mean? And then, okay, so check this out. It wasn't even one of those things where it started after the football game. You know, like the what do they call the it? Fifth, fifth the quarter. Fifth quarter. Yeah. No, no, no. This thing was like during the entire football game. Mm. Mm. So, like, if you had any connection with football, you were not at. You this were excluded. Thing. So like, you're absolutely excluded. Yeah. So how, I would have to roll up late, like after the games. Yeah. 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 Dudes did that. No, dudes rolled up like super late at the very end when we'd all go like get pizza or, yeah. you know, something really scandalous like that, you know, after yeah. the yeah, oh, yeah. question with a late night McDonald's run. Um, right. The glitz and the glamour. So how, how would your youth pastor have done the whole missional living thing where like he incarnates by attending football? Oh, dude, there was no mission. That that missional thing had. I mean, Jeff Vanderstelt was like 15 at that time. There was no missional he was, anything. He was actually hanging out with you and looking around. Yeah. Going, this exactly. is really odd. Like this Maybe is really listen, weird. They, like <laughs> they didn't care about missional anything in the eighties or nineties. There was they no missional. The word yeah. wasn't even invented yet. It was all about like creating your own subculture so that you could like go deep into into like sequestering yourself from. The oh, dude, it was like it was yeah, like it was true. like yeah, yeah, it was yep. like bubble culture. It was like, dude, yeah. you just need if you, as long as you stay within the boundaries of our church, you know, parking lot and like you know property then like then everything in your life will be okay everything will be perfect actually. everything will be fine you don't have to worry about any ugliness entering into the fray of your life mm. Dude, I didn't that's exactly re- what it i was. didn't realize how cutting edge my youth pastors were because i remember both of them uh at one point or another attending one of my football games which means i mean they were oh dude yeah they were way ahead of the curve Dude, no, I mean, this house, would have been like even their families behind. This would have huge. been like youth pastors, you know, kind of critical of, of dudes that were playing football because they couldn't be at the youth group on Friday. You yeah, know, they're, they're doing pouring the guilt trip on about, you know, if this is really important to you, if this is a priority, to the youth group. yeah, if this yeah. is right. a priority to you, you would, you know, it, 
your decisions really reflect yeah. your priorities. So we yeah. know we know what kind of person you are now. And I totally agreed with that and still do. But anyway, we can move on from this. Yeah. <laughs> but only as it pertains to football players, not motorcycle right. racing. Correct. Absolutely. But guys, you know, I'm going to make good on the Friday Night Lights. So I'm going to do a little FNL here coming into the Christmas season. And I'll report back. Awesome. Ronnie, you uh, you mentioned the, the concept of aggression. And when we were off the air, you mentioned that uh, there's a certain thing, a certain thing in, in Christian culture right now that you see as manifestly aggressive. Hmm. And um, we, we kind of batted this around in our production meeting this morning. Gosh, that was a long meeting, guys. Can we got to? We have got to nip those things in the bud. Dude, I know, man. De- death by meetings in this. Oh, Ted, Ted, tends, Ted tends to ramble in those. He really, uh, I know. He gets all geeked up. So many ideas. Uh, yeah, it's hard, dude. It's hard I, to I, I, get, I get my flip chart. I get my little. Uh, easel I know. We need to have a meeting. We need to have a meeting about the meeting. I mean, we gotta. We gotta. Yeah. Anyway, get, carry on, Big T. Dude, Sorry. I get on that dry erase board and I start pointing and and. I know. And, you know, yeah, writing down my feelings. But uh, the, the thing that you thought was aggressive, Big R, and I had to look this up. I had to do a little research in my studio, is the way that Stephen Furtick holds a microphone. Mm. Now, Ferdy is a guy who we have uh, we've discussed a little bit on this program. Um, he's a bit of a lightning rod in our in our culture. Um, Ferdy's look has undergone many changes. I mean, mm. he started out uh, a little bit like. Kind of standard Southern Baptist youth group with the, the the polo shirt with maybe the collar up. He he looked almost and, and Pipe, feel free to push back on this. I think early Stephen Furtick bears some resemblance to early Stephen Altrogi. Wow. Steve Furtick, Steve wow. Altrogi, wow. early in their careers, man, yeah. there's some similarity. A little bit of an awkward vibe. Like, yeah, got a little like the carrying on the sideburns just a few years beyond when sideburns were cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So as yeah. Furtick has gotten a little bit older, a little bit more confident, a little bit more steroidal, maybe a little bit more um, successful, a little more successful, man. The, it's the, amazing the, how the often Dal- those two things go hand in hand, too. Yeah, it's uh, ironic, isn't it? The, as the Alanis Morissette would say. Um, so I, I looked at a couple of Stephen Furtick videos and Furtick is unique in that he still carries around a handheld mic. And you guys in the production meeting raised the question, is it more game show host handheld mic? Or is it more like rap star handheld mic? I have some opinions and some 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 thoughts vis-a-vis the microphone holding, but I want to hear I want to hear your assessments first, guys. So go. All right. So here's my take, man. So I know that uh, that Ferdy has a background in like worship leading, right? So I just think this is, brings him back to what he's most comfortable with, which is like clutching the yeah. mic. And yeah. when you clutch a mic and you have like a crowd in front of you, it like it brings out a form of like showmanship and aggression. The you know what I mean? Prop. Yeah. The mic is a prop and it actually is a little bit of a security for you, too, mm-hmm. because, you know, if you don't know what to do, you know, I'm a guy that uses both of his hands, you know, so I, I need to do that. I can't talk without my hands. But when you're holding a mic like that is what that's sort of like that. That's sort of what projects the thoughts like into your head in a Maybe, sense. So are you a lapel guy or are you over the ear? What are we looking at there? No, I got a uh, I got an over the ear guy. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not. I'm not proud of that. But I got an over the ear thing going. But, um, but Furtick, man, Ferdy is interesting because I, I was, I was, I'm, I'm going to be honest, man. I was psyched when you guys brought this up because yeah. I always thought it odd that he was doing this mic holding gig, right? So you know what yeah. I did? I actually went online and I started noticing that a bunch of other like kind of mega church new school guys, they're doing it too. So now I don't know if it's just Ferdy doing his like, I used to be a worship leader thing and this is my security blanket or if it's becoming this new trend. That's mm-hmm. my question. Interesting. 
Pipe, what do you say about this? <clears throat> well, it. I laugh every time I see a video of him speaking. Whether <laughs> whether or not I can hear what he's saying, it makes me laugh because he 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 alternates between holding the mic the way like a hip hop artist, you know, back in. You, you know where they kind of hold it up around the ball of the microphone and kind of tilt it out to the side. Dude, right. Tilt it out to the side so that you're and then, seeing like – And then yeah. holding it way down at the bottom of the mic so it's like kind of like the uh, the Bob Barker microphone. Like Bob Barker yeah. the Showcase Showdown. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so he, he alternates between those depending on what level of aggression. So it's like when he goes into like soft wooing voice – Mm. The hand goes to the bottom of the microphone, and he's kind of got that game show host thing going on. But when he gets into making a point, and his left arm is you know gesturing all over the place, then the muscles are rippling inside his faux leather coat and whatever else. Yeah. His yeah. Uh, he's got it up right by his mouth, kind of tilted off to the side, and uh, he looks like he's about to start spitting lyrics at his crowd, which I wouldn't be surprised if he actually did at some point. It's I don't Maybe know. What man. the odds that Stephen Furtick has cut a rap album in his basement? I mean, I, I like, think I think I mean, it's b- better than even. I I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against it. Steve, I Furtick, mean, rap star. I mean, uh, yeah. And here's another point, and and let's just rabbit on this for a second. Like, why does it seem like all of the dudes that have the big big you know organizations, right? Like, why are they all so why are they all so stacked? Why are they all so buff? I mean, like, are they? Are they literally working out all day? I mean, dude, Furtick's arms are like are insane, man. They, they got a, they, he's got a gym there at Elevate. I'm sure he's got a gym on the facility. And oh, there's and, no doubt. Yeah, there's you no know, doubt. there's a lot of money there, and there's there's security with that. So well, I'm sure there's I mean, time. I'm pretty sure he's a home gym guy, possibly personal trainer, especially if you remember the whole yeah. scandal about his multi million dollar home that he built a mm-hmm. few years ago. There's absolutely a gym in there. I mean, he's yeah. And he, he probably brings in a trainer, you know, some like retired Navy SEAL or something who puts him through the paces. I know, but isn't it weird? Like, Dude, isn't again, it's between- about like not using the gym, though? Don't you just like swing an axe around and, and, and like flip a tire? What do, you know, it's what do not you mean? like you, you yeah, bench. He, 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 he does strike me as like a tire flipping, like log carrying, sa- you know, yeah. sand dune running. Like he's he, he Dude, it's like it's I like he's a more rock, that way. A training montage at Furtick's house. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of putting him a little bit in a hipster category, though. See, I just think of him as being more like personal trainer after he gets his $150 haircut and, you know, maybe like maybe like doing a little FaceTime while, you know, like Osteen's like building his abs. You know what I mean? It's like these guys, these guys are like in a these guys are in a network together, like working out. It's like pastors who work out. Maybe they're in a cohort. He has sort of that that lumber sexual thing going on, which makes me think that at least at this time period in his life, he might be more into that that rugged training as opposed to like the the Mm -hmm. actual bench press, uh, you know, weight. I I would be stunned. Literally, I'm not even going to disagree with you. I'm just saying I would be absolutely flabbergasted. If he was lumber sexualing it up, if that's a word, I just made it up. Big R, I'll so, ask you a question. Yeah, throw it. How much weight do you think Stephen Furtick can bench press? Two seventy six. You think two seventy six? I have no two, idea. I, I've literally never. I, I've never bench pressed like once in my life. Is I have that no idea. Uh, is that reps or like like that's just a max? Like he can do that Dude, maybe so he's, three he's or four times. He's doing two seventy six for reps or a one rep max. 
Let's just keep 276 out there as a number until Furtick literally confirms with us what he can bench press and if he FaceTimes Osteen in while Osteen's working on his ass. Because you know, this I is want those questions answered. Furtick like out out into the light, man. Having his, bench I mean, I I would it would bring me out into the light if I knew if I knew a world famous uh, you know podcast was literally just throwing my name out there on the air. I, I it'd bring me out. You know, maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna shock you right now in the. I'm going to take Furtick's side on this and say that in my limited speaking experience, uh, I've done some speaking. I prefer the handheld mic, man. I enjoy it. I enjoy uh, it on the prop uh, level. Now, I feel like I don't hold it like a hip hop star or like Bob Barker, um, but I do like it. I like having see, something. I, hold on, man. You got to clarify that for me because I mean, yeah. I have. I've not only booked you for speaking gigs. Baby, we can get, me. We can get. We can get into that later. We can get yeah. into that later. But I, I mean, I've been to some of your speaking gigs. We've done speaking gigs together. Baby, countless speaking gigs. We've done the road together. I know. I've never seen you do. I've never seen you do the handheld mic, dude. Here's Ever. the thing, man. Here's the thing. If somebody offers me a handheld mic, I'll kind of be excited. You know what oh. I mean? I'll take it. But but if, if, I, I just take whatever they put on me. If the guy's like, here, put this on your lapel, I do that. Because, see, my whole thing is, like, I just want to be accommodating. You know what I'm saying? You want to be the easy guy. I know. You want to be the easy breezy guy. I know. I want to be the easy breezy. I don't want to put anybody out. Like, I'll wear your lapel. The over-the-ear thing is a little bit of a, a no-go for me because of the long, slowing locks. It's the worst. Know? Even it with is. short hair, it's the worst. It yeah. just is. But there's there's not a there there are no good like a lapel mic has its issues too because like it starts it rubbing against the coat or whatever and it's crackling and, and those kinds it starts of feeding things. feeding back it's yeah like ten feet away from your mouth and it's horrible. Yeah. So yeah. there's the, the micro with all of the technology that has been developed in this world, all the audio technology. You'd think they could come up with a better wireless uh-huh. mic, but uh, they haven't. Yeah. You still got like the Stephen Curtis Chapman over ear thing. And yeah. uh, and then you got you know and then every time there's a handheld mic like I'd say one out of three times somebody uses a handheld mic it doesn't work you know the it doesn't bat- work but it's still the best dead, whatever yeah but it's still the best option pipe like at the end of the day like with your mouth right on like it's you still hear like you still hear the speaker better from a handheld mic than any other that is any other mic that is crazy. you know what's funny Steve Chapman shortening what? Stephen Curtis Chapman to Steve Chapman. <laughs> Remember when we did that a couple of weeks yes. ago and how, Steve, it, Steve, how everybody who goes by Steve, Steve it sounds like 1983, like Milwaukee Brewers center fielder, Steve, Steve Chapman. That's right. <laughs> Steve Furtick, Steve Chapman. Steve uh, Altrogi. Steve Altrogi. I do enjoy how all of these names come back to uh, early and mid-80s middle America sort of working class town baseball teams. Because I think we were talking about the Pirates last week. That's where the world happened, man. I tell you what, that was that was my whole world in the 80s. Ron you know? say I have one of those names if you shorten my name to Ron. I literally Ron, have one. Ron names. Martin. Dude, yeah. Ron Martin sounds like a kind of a boomer bust power hitting third baseman is what it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, cuz it hear, sounds like Ron yeah. Say. That's yeah, right. Yeah, I hear Ron Dude, like, Martin. You, I, yeah, you you hit like you you're a 240 hitter with like 29 homers. That's what you are. Like me and Piper uh, we're, we're we're sitting at lunch at school like trading baseball cards and I'll I'd be like, you know, I get the, I get this dude Ron Martin. You know, we signed Ron Martin. I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's got some pop. He's got some upside. He's got a little pop, but you know, he'll he'll go you won't hear from him for long stretches, but but then wearing those skin tight gray Dodger pants tucked into my blue socks, man. It was <laughs> it was like a dream. Guys, That's it was like right. a dream back in the eighties when I was playing third base for the for the LA Dodgers. Mm, I know it. I know it. You know what? We've all been around, gentlemen. And um this has been uh, this has been good. This has been a good discussion. Anything else on the uh, on the microphone tip before we move it on? I, I think we just 
if listeners could report back to us any other prominent preachers who are handheld mic users, it could help us sort of fill out our observation on why and how and just sort of what the what the intricacies of this are. I'm intrigued. I, I haven't you know what, studied it still, enough. I'll tell you what we'll do. When we do live in Ashland, um, we'll, we'll, we'll grab a handheld mic and we'll do some of the different sort of <laughs> poses and some of the different ways <laughs> that you can preach and speak with a handheld mic. Baby, just I love edu- that. Just to visual. educate the audience. It'll just be to visual. educate the audience. Yeah, absolutely. Because I want to help people. I want to help people for, to, you know, and how to use their mic of choice. Dude, this show is about helping people. It's this about helping us and help, helping us. It's about helping people. And Pipe, in that spirit – um, we have a couple of new sponsors this week. Actually, we have one new sponsor. We have one old sponsor. One, yes. um, one can, new, one mainstay. One new, one mainstay. Mainstay is a better thing to say than old. Yeah, old sounds so, ugly. I want old you to sounds- grab your studio mic, and I want you to say into it whichever promo you want to drop on us first. Okay? All right. Well, let's uh, let's introduce our new sponsor, and that is um, – it's an author – her name is Renee Adelsberger, and she wrote uh, a Bible study called Who Is This Man? And it's a 60-day study of the book of Mark. Uh, it It's aimed at students, primarily high school, up into college, down into middle school, kind of covering that, that teenage and uh, early 20s range. I had a chance to read through it and look at it, and uh, it's absolutely something I would use with students in uh, in, in a high school group, for example. I, when I did youth ministry, this is the kind of thing I would have I would have given to our small group leaders and said, hey, here's something to go through. Um, goes through every single passage in Mark, so it's not jumping around, it's not uh, you know thematic or whatever, but really walking people through it. And I think for student ministry especially, that's significant because I think if there's two things that students often lack, it is a real knowledge of who Jesus is, and then any sense of biblical literacy, you know, just what does the Bible say about whatever. And so a study that will walk people through the life of Christ and, and one of those Gospels, especially since Mark is a shorter one, uh, is, is a really helpful thing. If you go to pedestriangod.com, that's Renee's website. You can uh, you can see this. You can also see the study she did on the book of Ruth a year or two ago. Um, and then uh, there they they're offering group and bulk rates if you wanted to do it with a group. If you just wanted to order it individually, you can do that as well. So the study, again, is called Who Is This Man uh, by Renee Adelsberger. She is a she has been a teacher and a youth leader for a number of years. Uh, she had, like I said, she's written a previous study on the book of Ruth, has worked with student age girls for for several years and so has a good sense of how to communicate with them and then in the study just one more thing to highlight it's not just a straight sort of read through this thing but um there's a lot of places for for sort of interaction with the text so whether it's answering questions or filling in blanks even places where where there's just blanks where people could kind of draw out their their thoughts their perception things like that and so really touching on the different ways that people interact with scripture. So again, go to pedestriangod.com. The study is called Who Is This Man? A 60-Day Study for Mark. Wow. Well said, Pipe. Yeah, that really was well said. I'm, I'm, I've already ordered like four of those things. Well, keep ordering. I'm sure they would appreciate it. Outstanding to both of you. Uh, boys, we have, we have limited time, man. We took a lot of time with Ferdy and just with the whole the Friday night uh, Ronnie football scenario, which was fascinating. Ron, but no. I, Kind of yeah, the Ron Martin issues, uh, et cetera. Careful. But boys, kind of harkening back to that football conversation, I want to bring up something that's a little bit of a uh, just a little bit curious to me, and um, it, it's the way that we use the term coach and coaching. So, kind of when I grew up, and what I'm comfortable with is like you're a coach if you wear a whistle around your neck and you like 
instruct people on how to play a sport and you're like the, the figurehead of a sports team. Kind of like but the it TV seems like, show Coach. Kind of like the TV show Coach. Yeah, like in your mind's eye, if you can envision that character, like that's kind of what I'm comfortable with. And, and I think, Pipe, I think you would agree with this. What made him a coach and what made that show so compelling was the fact that he was the coach of a football team. Mm. Now, if that show had been called Coach, but he had just been some like business guy wearing pressed khakis and having like uh, conference calls with uh, with people with whom he was consulting, um, I think it would have been much more confusing. And I guess, guys, that's what I'm struggling with. This idea that like you can you can swing a cat in any direction uh, in an office uh, building complex nowadays and hit a guy who calls himself a coach, but he doesn't coach anything. Mm. Um, Pipe, help me out, man. I know you're the, you're the business guy here. Um, what am I missing on this? Well, um, I, I think, I think you're missing the marketing aspect of this. The okay. fact that coach, if you have, if you had a coach at any point in life, when you meet that person now, so he could have coached you when you were 12 years old. What do you call that person? Coach. Coach. They are coach yeah. forever. I mean, it is like it's yeah. the authoritative. That guy taught me how to. I mean, they could have been the worst coach ever. Yeah, but oh, yeah. St- but you still call him coach. And sure. so there is a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of marketing juice in that because you know consultant that's that's not a very mm. that's not a very compelling term. Um, a beautiful me- word. Mentor sounds a little bit uh, it's a little bit personal, a little bit like uh, kind of how to how to be a better person kind of thing but coach like that's a person who teaches you skills it's a person who teaches you uh you know strategy how to be a winning person and winning is what everybody wants to do so i think it's i think it's a term that has been adopted because and the other thing is i think it's the it's the context in which people learned the most sort of systematically and aggressively how to do skills better mm. i mean your your literature teacher wasn't coaching you they were teaching you and it was a lot of information and this and that a coach is the one who helps you be better at something so if we can move that into some other part of life we now have this powerful loaded term along with this real distinct like this person helps me be better at helps me win at this thing Mm. big r did you have a did you have a coach back in the uh in the dirt bike riding days or was it always just your dad no, you know, it's weird, man. It's weird you ask that because I, it was my dad up until uh, I was about 15 and then I got a guy uh, who started coaching me and then started kind of sponsoring me at the same time. Uh-huh. And um, so it was, it was a really cool thing because I, I was a guy that always wanted that yeah. and he wasn't really somebody that – I mean I was actually – I was a better, he was a rider. I was a better rider than him. I, I had actually more experience and skill, but he like pushed me and I yeah. never had somebody to push me. So he was a guy that just kept like, put me he put me on a regiment and he pushed me because I kind of thought I was going to go a little further than I did with this whole gig. And yeah. I ended up obviously not. And so for me, this was a dude that was just a motivator and who had a lot of interest in helping me get better. That That's all it was. Interesting, baby. Yeah. 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 At what point did you sort of, uh, put away the, the dreams of dirt bike racing and, and kind of transition into uh, the music thing. Dude, it was like, it was basically around 16 and I just, man, we, you have to have a lot of money uh, or, or you gotta have a sponsor in the sport. It's, it's, it's kind of like a mini version of like, you know, car racing. And we just, sure. man, we just didn't have the money and money buys speed. And mm-hmm. I was frankly, you know, kind of like I am in real life. I was more of like a, a C list writer. I didn't really have the mm-hmm. skills 
And uh, so that that's kind of what's that's kind of what what sort of hung it up for me, unfortunately. Maybe a uh, C-list reformed author. Well, that's what I'm saying. So I, I mean, I just went on to well, not bigger and not better things, but the same things. <laughs> you went I on just to went on to same different things. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So, but you know, you guys said something interesting. Uh, we were talking about. Uh, I think it was. I think it was via our uh, our our text uh, meeting, which was uh, talking about coaching and then talking about this really strange, bizarre word that's entered sort of like the the ministry world, which is yeah. cohort. Yeah, that's right, man. What is a cohort, baby? I feel like you're a part of six cohorts. I no, no, no. This is what's weird. So I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna get crazy right now. All right. Yeah. So when you're when you're with Sojourn, right? Like all they do is talk about cohorts. All they do and is have cohorts and they have cohorts, cohorts, and it's usually it's these small things where you got like a couple of dudes, a couple of pastors, and then you got a bunch of like you got like a small group of like whatever eight, nine, ten other pastors, and then you got two more experienced guys leading them, teaching them through something. But yeah. like I still. Okay, now wait for it. I still don't know what the word means. And like, and I feel like I should. So like, I'm afraid to ask anybody at Sojourn. Like, so dude, when you say cohort, like, what do you mean by that? And I I just feel like ashamed and embarrassed. I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. So I just, I just continue to roll with it. So this, this is just kind of a moment right now where I'm being honest with you guys and being a little bit vulnerable and letting it all out on the table. Like what, what's a cohort? Let me let me first thank you for your for your candor. I feel like we've we've created a culture here on the program where we're all comfortable sharing well, this, openness and honesty. This, this reminds me of one of those one of those instances in like a you know a high school math class where the teacher says you know if you have a question please ask because you know somebody else in the room has the same question that you do yeah. so you know that uh, there are other pastors out there who are like yeah I'm part of one of those too but I I didn't even know how to pronounce the word like I thought it was cohort or you know something like they just had no uh, idea pipe, so you, you just you bailed somebody out big time really I know I'm that. telling you man that's a great that's actually a great point and so let me just say right now to all of my fellow sojourn pastors that are all listening my fellow to this hipsters. podcast Right. I mean, guys, all of you them. are about to learn what that word means. And you can thank mm-hmm. me later for being brave enough to actually ask the question on air. So, Piper, I'm assuming maybe, you know, can you help us out? Like the actual word itself or or I mean, yeah. Just, uh, well, oh, you know, I just looked it up. I was going to say I thought it had something to do with military. And, and I'm also oh. listening to an audio book called The Cartel about uh, – you know, it's about Mexican drug cartels. And so I was kind of mixing the two up in my mind. And uh, Gosh, but, I love that word so much better. I wish cart- we could just call it cartel. I know, if, Dude, if why only- does Sojourn adopt the word cartel? That would like, be Church exactly. planting cartel? Yeah, now it's all making sense. You you my leave bodies of your foes like in public places <laughs> to, to show that you are the, the winning church planting group? Sure. I like it. All right. So a cohort uh, is an ancient Roman military unit comprising six centuries equal to one-tenth of a legion. Oh, Um, my gosh. So – and then – oh, okay. This is more likely the the definition they're going with. It's kind of boring though. Uh, A group of people banded together or treated as a group. Now, obviously, we are going with the former, more ridiculous <laughs> definition, which can you please read it for our yes. listeners again, yes. Piper? An, an ancient Roman military unit comprising six centuries equal to one-tenth of a legion. So, now, I, so that, would be, I guarantee- <laughs> that would be 600 soldiers are in a cohort, I believe, because I'm pretty sure a century – was a hundred soldiers. Okay, now I guarantee you, and this is all this is for all of my sojourn pastor buddies right now, I guarantee you 
that when Sojourn or A29 or whoever came up with the idea of using the word cohort, they meant for it to be the first definition for sure. Yeah, I mean certainly not just a group of people treated as a group. I don't even know what that means. That's like using the word to define itself. That's a that's a no-no. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Uh, ancient Roman military unit. There's, yeah. I'm really disappointed that I haven't seen more design elements built around that as people have advertised these because there are entire like con- church consulting companies who, who promote cohorts and i haven't mm-hmm. seen anybody do anything with like military imagery or you know like some sort of ancient roman anything i feel like there's there's untapped potential there well guys why i mean let let's be that untapped potential like let's call ourselves a cohort and get somebody to design some like roman imagery for us does a cohort do, have it, to have a purpose or is it just a group of people because these aren't real I, clear I've never been a part a of a cohort. We're three. I've people. led a cohort that I didn't know what the purpose was of. So I think I think this is perfect. So, Dude, I think I think I think knowing the purpose is like uh, it's kind of passe. Kind you know of what defeats, I mean? It kind of defeats the purpose. Yes, yeah, it, it defeats the non-purpose. I gotcha. totally agree. Yeah. I totally so, agree. I mean, and, and we're definitely a group of people banded together to be treated as a group. So, uh, yeah, I think by some definition, we're a cohort. This is the happy a happy rant cohort. cohort. Oh, dude, yes. Do you, you know, know what I, feel, I, like I feel like something's changed now, Big T. What do you are you feeling? What I'm feeling right now is there? Maybe I'm, I'm feeling what you're feeling, and I'm I'm enjoying it. But I want to take it a step further. Okay, so stay with me. I feel like something that has a little bit more merchandising potential, a Uh-oh. little bit more T-shirt potential. Here it comes. Is the Happy Rant Cartel? Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. kind of a kind of kind of a sweaty kind of Central American uh, sort of sort of aesthetic to it. Um, I don't know, man. I just like that word cartel. All right, let, let's. Yeah, I'm with you. Let's uh, let's tr- let's transition from cohort. We were a cohort for a while. That lasted yeah. a little yeah, while we, for we us. Tried. It's time to. We yeah. tried. It's time to move on. It's time so to move boys, on. So, boys, do you cartel. think we could get? Could we get Jeffrey at uh, Mission Aware? Since he's he's down in the Miami area, he's nearby. Oh um, yeah, like actual cartels. I wonder if he could aesthetically kind of just put something together for Dude, us. He might be in a legitimate cartel. He might be I in think. a legitimate cartel. I think he's in that like I've heard like I've watched documentaries on sort of like Calvinist clothing cartels, you know, yeah. and just a yeah. lot of back room, you know, kind of kind of thuggery that goes on in that space. And yeah. I feel like Jeffrey would be right at the forefront of that. Yeah, so they, pipe, they beat people with ESV study Bibles and stuff. It's brutal. They beat people with brutal. ESV study Bibles <laughs> and with brand new laser etched Happy Rant Moleskin Journal. So, Pipe, I want to tell you, uh, I want to give you the floor. I want to hand you the handheld mic and let you tell us about all the items that bear our logo that you could potentially beat someone with. And that, again, it's Happy Rant Cartel. Happy Rant Cartel, it's official. Take it yeah, away, if, Pipe. If we're, looking for, uh, if we're looking for Happy Rant swag to, to beat somebody with, I think – the the leading item is the Yeti style travel mug because that that like dub, that, that double walled aluminum it'll dent a little bit but it'll really hold up like you can wail on somebody with that thing which also means it's good for self defense uh, mm. it does an effective job of keeping coffee warm for several hours as well so uh, that's a good option the the pint glass that's just the pint glass is more of a one-shot thing, but afterwards you've got the you know you got the jagged edge glass, and then you've got something you can really work with uh, in a brawl or uh, in whether it's you know one of these cartel torture settings. I mean, there's so many options to use this. Also good for drinking out of. Same with the beautiful ceramic coffee mug that comes in both black and white. 
The uh, the laser etched moleskins are a little bit light, but I bet you could give somebody a wicked set of paper cuts with that. So sort of a slow, mm. Um, mm. miserable torture experience. Also effective for journaling your reflections or writing down the confessions you beat out of them. So uh, lots of options there with the Mission Aware swag. If you go to missionaware.com and search Happy Rant, you can find all of this stuff. Uh, the T-shirts, not, a, not so effective for beating people with, but good for staunching bleeding, tying people up, or, or changing into after you beat somebody and are all sweaty from your efforts. So go to missionalware.com, wow. search Happy Rant. You find all this stuff. Uh, if you use the code Rant, you'll get additional discounts. And they actually have a whole bunch of sales going on on their site leading up to Christmas on their uh, their apparel and, and other gift ideas as well. So get some other stuff for the Reformed people in your life. It's uh, they have They have an impressive line of gear right now. So go check that out. Beautiful. Mm. Beautiful. Well done, Pipe. Well done. Thank you. Boys, I think it's about time to bring this cartel uh, to a close, <laughs> this episode of the Happy Rank Cartel. Um, my ear hurts. Um, <laughs> ironically, like talking makes it worse. Like it's not so much listening that, that makes the ear hurt. It's talking. So, so this is suffering for you, Big T. This was Maybe this is this suffering. Was... This is playing. Rejoice, playing rejoice in your suffering, Ted. Yeah. Rejoice. This is akin to like the Michael Jordan flu game, though. You know, I know we always go back to that as the uh, as kind of the gold standard in playing uh, playing hurt or playing sick, as it were. But do um, we, Ted, we're Calvinists. We're never happier than when we're miserable. So, dude, that's you, right. You should be. You should like your happiness should only be increasing the more you talk and hurt your own ear. That's true, man. That's true. Yeah, you know what? You you're, you're really winning me over with that pipe. Let's <laughs> let's do another hour. <laughs> Actually, so glad it worked. Let's uh, let's not. I want to I want to I want to leave the listener wanting more. And uh, also, I want to rest my ear. Full disclosure. So, uh, boys, we have uh, we have done what we always do in this program in that we've wandered to and fro. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I think we learned a lot uh, tonight. We learned a lot about Big R. Um, We learned a lot about what Big R was doing on Friday nights in high Mm. school. And uh, Mm. I know I'm better for it. Big R, we're better friends for it. You know, man. And uh, until means next a lot. time, means a lot. guys, until next time, Rachel the Held Evans. Looking for ways to stay positive? Brighten your day with the free story behind podcast. Hear weekly short stories that showcase true joy, love, and hope. Listen now at lifeaudio.com or by searching for Story Behind wherever you get your podcasts.